Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lynn S and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Today is Wednesday, October 16th and we are reading from the big book on page 61, the second paragraph. Our actor is self-centered, egocentric. We'll be reading through that one paragraph and commenting on that. Today's readers are the 12 steps, Seth W., the 12 traditions, Tamara C., and readers of the text, Janice C., Penny C., and Carmela G. The share ID for Tuesday, October the 15th, the 7 a.m. meeting, one three. 518 and the 10 a.m. meeting 13520. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Beth W. to read the 12 steps. Hi, good morning, Lynn. Thank you for taking the meeting. My name is Beth W., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from North Dakota, the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service, and I will pass. Thank you, Beth W. And Tamara C. is going to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Tamara C., compulsive overeater in South Carolina. 
the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Tamara C. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 61, the last paragraph. Our actor is self-centered, egocentric. And Janice B., could you read for us, please? Yes, thank you. Good morning, visionaries. This is Janice B., recovered compulsive overeater in Vermont. Our actor is self-centered, egocentric, as people like to call it nowadays. He's like the retired businessman who lolls in the Florida sunshine in the winter, complaining of the sad state of the nation. The minister who sighs over the sins of the 20th century. Politicians and reformers who are sure all would be utopia if the rest of the world would only behave. The outlaw safecracker who thinks society has wronged him, and the alcoholic who has lost all and is locked up. 
whatever our protestations, are not most of us concerned with ourselves, our resentment, or our self-pity. Oh, okay, so um, self-centeredness. Self-centeredness, okay, so that puts, that's putting me and my wants and desires as like of primary importance. To me, um, uh, you know, that's, we're human, that's, um, that's the, um, that's the human way that that we're in, what we want is important and what um and that we are seeking to satisfy ourselves and um and when we when i can't get what i want um i would complain and blame complain and blame people should do this or that, or if only this or that, all would be well. And um, and uh, so that that makes me like the director of um, of everyone around me, trying to get what I want and need, and failing. You know. The truth is, when I did get what I wanted and needed, it was never enough. And um, I found that that didn't work. So, um, uh, the, the, the retired businessman, the minister, they're all, those guys got what they wanted and, 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 and um and looked out from where they were to see all the problems other people were having um, um okay i i'm not feeling that well this morning i'm going to pass thank you thank you janice b for getting us started off the line is now open for sharing on what we just read I'd like to encourage those who haven't shared in the last few days to take this opportunity. Irene Please say your name just once as it helps me hear everyone. Okay, I got you, Irene. Who else would like a to share? Katie Amy F. G. Amy F. G. Pamela G. Okay, let me tell you who I heard. I heard Irene B., I think it was Katie G, I'm not sure, Amy G, and Carmela G. Katie F. Katie F, thank you, Katie. Loretta so I've got Irene, Loretta H, okay, and we've got space for one more, please. Liz D. Liz, and was that D as in David? Yes. Perfect, okay, thanks. I've got our lineup now. Irene B, Katie F, Amy G, Carmela G, Loretta H, and Liz D. 
Irene B., could you start us off, please? So happy to do so. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I am Irene B., a very gratefully recovering bulimic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, but currently in beautiful Gatlinburg, the Smoky Mountains. So very thankful to be here and enjoying God's nature and creation. Uh, the fire destroyed um, much of this area three years ago, and now it, you can hardly tell. So uh, if the forest can recover, so can we. And with regard to the self-pity and the resentment and being human, being concerned about oneself, uh, yeah, we very much are, and it's very human. For me, what I battle is, quite frankly and quite embarrassingly, I've come to realize that I have a sense of entitlement. It's like I am entitled to so much that I'm embarrassed about it. Um, Yeah. And if I can accept that, oh, gosh, I'm so embarrassed that my happiness, my peace of mind is not the most important thing in the universe, then perhaps I can coexist with my fellows Uh, in more harmony, you know, I just, I'm so embarrassed that, and so grateful that I know that I have this entitlement thing, and as long as I have it, I'm going to continue to step on people's toes to hurt other people, and I'm trying to help myself. I'm trying to ease my pain and discomfort, but what I do instead, I create more chaos and more pain and more discomfort. So I am very thankful for this program that teaches me how to live in gratitude so that I can get out of my self-pity, so I can be grateful for all that I have, even my painful past. Because I have been hearing lately, it must be a message from God, that that pain and those experiences qualify me uniquely to be of help to people who have suffered to people like me who I thought there was no answer. I did not know how to get out of the muck. And this program and so many outside resources as well, because I needed everything that I have have used to get better. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Irene B. Katie F., it's your turn, followed by Amy G. Please go ahead, Katie. Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And I love this paragraph, self-seeking, self-centeredness, all those self-words. Um, you know, I, I, uh, 
I used to just carry around so many resentments and get disturbed by so many things that other people did and, you know, their behaviors and their actions and, you know, I'd love to say used to, like it hasn't happened in years, but, you know, just the other day, um, someone was bugging me and something she said, it just, you know, rubbed me the wrong way and, and immediately I realized that, you know, I just, I just don't like people to do things because it makes me uncomfortable. It's like, I cannot, it's embarrassing as um, just how many times that my 10 steps turns out to be just me um, getting in the way of life, just thinking that everything is about me. And, you know, that's why this program is um, it's so helpful to be able to just keep working through these things because the good news is, is I come to that conclusion very quickly now, I most of the time. <laughs> most of the time, is to realize that I'm just being uh, self-seeking and, and just wanting the show to go my way. I just want people to do things uh, the way I want them to do it so I am comfortable. That's what I wanted to focus on is that, you know, I don't want my kids who are all adults now to, you know, to do these different things because it makes me uncomfortable. And you know, the good news is, is I am not God, and that's what this program does, is it helps me to get out of the driver's seat and to stay in my lane and to uh, be able to quickly get back to what is my part, what do I really need to do, and majority of the time at this point in my life, it's nothing. I don't need to say anything. I don't need to do anything. And I can just go on my way and let that disturbance go. And for me, it's taken a very long time to realize that. And I'm just so grateful that we aren't expected to learn all this stuff in, you know, the first six months. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie F. Amy G., it's your turn, followed by Carmela G. Please go ahead, Amy. Good morning, and my name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Um, thank you so much for your service and everyone's shares on the line so far. Um, I'd like to focus on the are not most of us concerned with ourselves, our resentments and our self-pity. That is highlighted over and over again. I mean, I don't know about you all, but when I came into this program, I was really only concerned with three people, me, myself, and I. And, you know, for the purposes of where we are in this book right now, we're talking about step three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. You know, I came into this program thinking that food was a problem. And the realization as I started to work the steps with a recovered sponsor was that food was not the problem. Of course, terrible consequences to my compulsive overeating, my bulimia, my anorexia, terrible, terrible consequences. But the reality started to dawn on me that I was unmanageable and my whole life was unmanageable, not because of the food. That was my answer to life when I could not manage my life or I could not manage what was going on in between my ears and in my heart and in my soul in reacting to life around me and living life on my terms. I could not deal with it, and food was my crush. And now the realization came that I needed power greater than myself to restore me to sanity, that I needed to put the food down and I needed to change because that selfishness and that self-centeredness was going to kill me. I mean, we just talked about it in the last paragraph. 
it said that question is, it asked us the question, what is his basic trouble? What was my basic trouble? It was these behaviors that were my basic troubles. It was my reacting to life, and I needed to learn how to change. I needed to learn a new way of living, and I needed a higher power to help me do that. I mean, we're going to be moving on to the inventory steps here, and this has to be solid for me in my step three in understanding that my unmanageability came from me and that food was my answer, and how was I going to change, and how powerless I truly was over that ability to change by myself, and that I needed the power greater than myself to restore me to sanity because my life was unmanageable, and I could not deal with it. And the only way I knew how now would be an addiction that was killing me. So was I willing to surrender? Was I willing to turn my will and life, my will and my life over? And even today, like Katie F. was saying, by the grace of God, the food doesn't call, but those behaviors certainly still do. And I can be selfish and self-centered very, very easily, but by the grace of God, I have this program, and I'm equipped with the steps and the tools to act differently, and I have options now, and I'm so grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. Carmela G., it's your turn, followed by Loretta H., Please go ahead, Carmela. Thank you so much. This is Carmela G. from New York, a grateful, compulsive overeater recovered for today. Um, This whole sentence, this whole paragraph reminded me of um, my disease and my recovery. Uh, In disease, I was a person who never had enough. And I heard this in the room, and I really didn't. I said, I don't know what these people are talking about. But I truly realized I was such a well-loved child, but I wanted more. I wanted to be the only child my parents loved. And I had siblings. I had multiple siblings. And I wanted it all. And when we look at the businessman, they're talking about the businessman. In in careers, why they get the promotion. I deserved it. But yet, I kept it hidden. It was the undertone of my personality. And my solution was, shove the food in so you can act like a sweet, loving lady. And no one will know that you want it all. And today, in recovery, the gift is that all I do is say, when I open my eyes, good morning, God, please give me another day and let me get what I need and do your will. And that's how I begin And that's what keeps me peaceful. And even when I don't feel like it, I do it. And it gets me through another day. So that's the gift of surrendering to step three and trusting that my director, God, will give me whatever it is I need if I ask. And if I work for it, and then I will pass. Thank you so much. 
Thank you, Carmela G. Loretta H., it's your turn, followed by Liz H. Sorry, Liz D. Thank, thank you so much for calling on me, and thank you for your helping hand in this meeting and everybody's grace that they shared this morning. This is Loretta H. from Raleigh. I am a compulsive overeater anorexic grace with God's absence for today. And uh, I'm sitting here with my book. And uh, whatever our props, and I cannot say that word, props are not most of us concerned with ourselves our resentments, our self-pity. And I did look up that word last night because I read the chapter at night or the paragraph at night, and it says misleading information, um, false claims. And, uh, yes, I lived so self-centered. It was all about me, the victim, the whole, you know, gamut. And I I was thinking about that, and I believe my own propaganda. Um, you know, it talked about the politicians, and I'm like, that was me, even though I'm not, I'm not a politician, but that's how I played in my life. I just, I did everything and it was about me and my story and how I was going to get away with it some way, someday. And with God's grace, and because I came dying to the doors of OA, I don't live like that anymore because I do have my steps. I have my principles which God has given me that's why his direction God guides God provides and his direction is so important to me today because I was dead and at death's door and today you know as the St. Francis prayer says today I am found and I just am so grateful for this program working these steps and I know we're not there yet but it says in the promise, if we are painstaking about this phase part, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. And that is the grace that I've gotten today. I just really like living today. And I did, as other people have shared, my life, I thought I had a food problem because I lived it for 52 years. But what I had was a life problem. And that my life is unmanageable, not and. And so with God's grace today and surrendering and becoming God conscious and reading 83 through 88 every morning and then praying and meditating, I start my day off with his grace and his will. And it just works. It really does. Faith without works is dead. So thank you very much. Have a blessed day. And with God's grace today, I can go out and show up, suit up without my will getting in my own way. So thank you. Have a blessed day. I pass. Thank you, Loretta H. And Liz D., it's your turn. Press star one to unmute, Liz. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Hi, Liz D., calling a grateful food addict and an all-round addict. I don't know if there's anything that I'm not addictive with. Um, So my way of life before program was to try to get relief. 
as all humans do. And I thought it was just so clear here as we've been hearing from other members, whatever our protestations may be, aren't we concerned with ourselves, resentments, and, and our self-pity? Um, I was a gossip queen. I wanted to tell you what was wrong in my life, but I didn't tell you what I wasn't taking responsibility for. I wanted to tell you and enumerate the character defects of those around me and show you how smart I am because I came up with this brilliant analysis. And that's all I had. I had no idea that I was the problem. And um, I read this morning in a, in a reading, said it doesn't matter that much what happens to us, it's how we take it. And if gossiping and pointing the finger at you and they and them would help me today, I would still be doing it, but it doesn't. And that's why, you know, because of God and the 12 steps, I've been given the power of choice, not just with food. I do not compulsively overeat anymore. Thank you, God. Um, But that's not, I'm left in between meals with me and my brain. So it's a matter of finding a replacement. And the replacement is everything that we've been talking about. But if I don't realize that I am literally addicted to my resentments and self-pity because it's all about me, then I can't get better from it. And it is literally a relief to read this paragraph, to know that I'm not alone, um, but that I can't indulge in my own resentments and self-pity for very long because then I'm going to be frustrated. And an addict in frustration is a dangerous person to be around. That's me. Um, Because I'm going to be looking for relief in something that is not good for me. The only thing that isn't um, detrimental to my well-being is God and gratitude and service. That's it. That's it. So I have to be constantly on guard for my own. Oh, okay. Thank you. Oh, okay. And thank you, Liz D. Uh, We are on page 61 of the big book. We're reading the second paragraph. Our actor is self-centered. We're reading through that one, excuse me, one paragraph and commenting on that. I'd like to encourage those, thank you, who haven't shared in the last few days to take this opportunity. And please say your name just once as it helps me hear everyone. So I've got Charles H. Who else would like to Marion K. Sandy S. Melissa P. Darian K. Yeah, I got you, Darian. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay, I have Charles H., Darian K., Sandy S., Melissa P. Who else would like to share? Melanie C. So there is Melanie? Yes. And who else? Sue C. 
Perfect. There's our lineup. Thank you very much. So we have Charles H., Darian K., Sandy S., Melissa P., Melanie, and Sue C. Charles, please go ahead. Thank you very much. Big up the Toronto Raptors. Love y'all, man. Y'all <laughs> on a different time. Love y'all. Um, Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. And thank you, Darian, for saying your name twice. You know why? Because that just shows me that, you know, I'm just using you as an example because I used to say my name five, six, seven, eight, nine times. You know, the actor is the smartest kid in summer school. And, you know, you know, a lot of people say, you don't, you don't act recovered. You don't act like a Christian. Well, God ain't looking for no actors. But recovery is looking for the actor. The actor that thinks, you know, they're going to say something that's going to change the world. It's been said already, boo-boo, and, um, and we're not that important, but together collectively as a group. And it's so encouraging to hear the shares that, you know what, certain things tick, tick, tick us off. No matter how recovered you are, there's kryptonite in the air for Superwoman or Superman. It's kryptonite, and it's in the form of, it's in the form of resentments, uh, negative emotions, uh, feelings, things ain't going your way. Um, and you know what ticks me off when I hear a newcomer on the line say, oh, you know, I, I haven't shared in a long time. Why? Why haven't you shared in a long time? Why do you feel like that, right? Why do you feel so less than and not important? You are important. Everybody here is important. There is a table, there is a seat at the table for everybody. And that ticks me off, and I, and I do a lot of 10 steps on that. So to compel others is to lead by example. You know, and these steps are here for a reason. This decision here is a decision to be made every single day. It shouldn't take long, and we jump right into it every single day. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Charles H. So, Darian K., it's your turn, followed by Sandy S. Please go ahead, Darian. Hi there. Can you hear me okay? Yes, thank you. <clears throat> okay. Hi there. It's Darian K. in the Berkshires, Massachusetts. Oh, so grateful. Um, yeah, I just I felt compelled to share. And, um, you know, from, the, from day one in my program, my sponsor always encouraged me to claim my seat and to... Um, you know, be heard, um, no matter how scary it is, and it's still not comfortable for me, but I do it anyway, because I, I do, I want to be a part of this group, I want to be a part of the fellowship, and, um, you know, just never, never forget where I came from, um, and so I just, you know, thoroughly relate to, um, you know, the negativity, I just, for some reason, my brain just goes there, it's just immediately negative you know I I remember you know moving from my big beautiful home and I would never find another home and in my head I had myself living in a refrigerator box and like really that's ridiculous but that's where my head goes and did I find a lovely little place that I enjoyed for a number of years yes but you know that's not how my mind works and so I have to um, work every day on um, you know, seeing the positive and seeing uh, the reasons to be grateful. 
and um, you know, working working the steps and working with others. I feel like that that's a huge part of how I see um, the miracles in this program. And so when I get outside myself, which is so important to do, because um, they say it's a you know it's a bad neighborhood. You don't want to walk around by yourself in that neighborhood of my mind. Um, you you know you just have to oh I have to work with others and get outside myself. Call newcomers. Call people that um, you know maybe need um, a listening ear and just be um, you know do do my best to see things. Um, as they really are, and not everything is negative and bad and woe, woe is me, self-pity. That's just that gets me nowhere. Except it probably will just return me to the food, and I and I know that, and I've seen that in people in relapse. So for today, I'm going to see the beauty of the day and um, appreciate all the wonderful shares and people that are on this line, and um, just you know stay. Stay in the recovery and the gratitude. So thank you so much, and I'll pass. Thank you, Darian K. Sandy S., it's your turn, followed by Melissa P. Hi, this is Sandy S. from Asheville. Really appreciate the shares this morning, the honesty. Um, you know, I look at this paragraph, the alcoholic who has lost all and is locked up. That that totally describes me um, and how I was. You know, for me, I always knew that food was not the problem. It was not the problem for me. I hated myself. The hate, the anger was just so intense. I remember feeling like I would just burst open. I just could never meet my expectations, you know, it, it, whatever they were. You know, and the other part was the catastrophic fantasies, the fears. I remember sitting in a class. I did very well in school because I worked like a dog. I thought I was dumb but a worker. I would remember sitting class after class at the beginning of the class, the year, and thinking, I'm going to fail. I never failed. I failed one thing in my life in school, and it was such a relief. Ah, I failed. Thank God. So this is what it was like. But I have been just locked up in a prison that that just like I was bad. I don't even know where it comes from. I don't care where it came from. I just want to be done with it. And uh, I was consumed with self-hate and fear, definitely. And there was very little room for life, unfortunately. And the food was the only way I could survive. And thank God, you know, just like the previous person shared, like my biggest character defect is thinking I don't have any gifts. There's nothing good about me. And I am letting go of that. I am letting go every day. I've tur turned around the 11 step instead of just looking for resentments, which I look for, and fear. I look for self-appreciation. Is there anything I appreciated about myself today? And there's a lot. Is there anything I could do when it talks about Self-seeking, I think, self-nurturing. What can I do to really take good care of myself today? I will tell you right now, is to take the pressure off. To take the pressure off to be something other than what I am. You know, and that's what's turning my will and my life over to God means. I can't be the person I want to be 
I just have to be the person I am. And today, that's good enough. Some of that I think. Thank you, Sandy S. Melissa P., it's your turn, followed by Melanie. Please go ahead, Hi. Melissa. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for your service. Can you hear me okay? Yes, thank you. Okay, starting the storm. Um, so good morning, everyone. My name is Melissa P., and I'm from Buffalo. Um, you know, I had gastric bypass when I was 23 years old, and I lost almost 200 pounds, thought that there was a whole new world in front of me. And my whole life, I had been, you know, the fat girl, the fat kid growing up, the fat girl in high school, the fat girl in college. And, you know, here I am thinking that the surgery was going to be my unicorn, you know, was going to be my God. And the thinner I got, the more hateful I became. Um, not towards other people, but towards myself. Because then, as the pounds came off, I found all these other things that I didn't like about myself. Um, you know, whether it was my nose or my hair or the way that my skin looked. And for me now, in program, all I can turn to is what I'm grateful for. You know, because for so long, I was chasing down something I was never going to get. You know, I was stuffing a God-sized hole in my soul with Doritos or, you know, nights out at the bar or doing things that I have a whole list of amends to make of, um, you know, and I've been in program for six months and I'm the happiest person I've ever been in my life, even weighing 100 pounds more than I was before um, because I have God, because I have all of you, because I have this book and these directions for living. And everyone here that's talking about the food isn't the problem, the food is the answer. I get that now, you know, that I didn't have a food problem. I had a Melissa problem. I had a problem with life. Um, and the opportunity to live my life differently is a gift in and of itself. You know, to take a few minutes before walking into work and hear all of you and have this opportunity to share instead of wallowing in self-pity or stressing out about what my day at school is going to look like, I'm grounded, you know, that even though it's storming right now outside my car, I have the light of this program and the light of my higher power shining on my face, you know, but it's up to me to remember to choose that I have to be willing. I have to look for it because I can very easily get up on my soapbox and, you know, turn the ship a different way. Um, and I know where that leads me. First, it leads me into the food, and then it leads me into self-hatred and hating other people, and I don't want to live in that room anymore. So thank you so much for this opportunity, and with that, I'll pass. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you, Melissa P. Melanie C., it's your turn, followed by Susie. Thanks so much. Hi, Lynn. Good morning to you. Good morning to everyone. My name is Melanie C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater calling in from Oregon this morning. I couldn't get beyond selfish and self-centered. I mean, actually, it's a self-centered and egocentric. That's the one that's here that we're talking about today. I couldn't get beyond it. You know, all the other pieces support and justify what that is that I do and how my brain processes. Um, it's the way that I take in life. I, I'm human and then some. One is too many and a thousand never, ever even comes close to scratching the itch. I will have to go to the point of blacking out in order to escape this is the twist of my mind. Um, it's how it's set apart. Uh, it's in a deadly pursuit. 
a deadly pursuit in order to get only what it is for myself. And the deadly problem persists in that I am unable. I cannot. I am blind to anyone else's point of view. Underneath, if I think that I'm looking that way, it's because I'm wanting something out of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. My brain just functions that way. And I was shocked, absolutely shocked to learn that I couldn't put anything into it that was any different than just what it is that I needed. I was really, really, really convinced that my way of thinking was the best way of thinking. I couldn't come out from anything else. If I entertained any idea that that I was going to be able to, to ah, here's the word, allow um, even my husband an idea in our household and our family, it was because I was so wonderful and noble that I was allowing that to happen. Again, that drive and that pursuit towards narcissism. I, I, my brain is incapable, incapable. And that's what, again, sets me apart than, than being human or, 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 or being what everybody else wants and we want comfort. I want comfort and then some. One is, not, is too many. A thousand is not enough. I have to be blacked out before I can get any relief from that kind of thinking. And that includes about how I work with you. What happens here in recovery is I have the process and the ability and the privilege of building a parallel life based on the 12 steps that gives access to a power so that I can walk in this world just exactly the way I am that I can never think of you to being able to behave and perform and move away from that which I had gone towards that allows room for you. That's what's different. Otherwise, I wouldn't need a 12-step program, wouldn't be in these rooms together with you. I could be out there in the human world and have those same kind of basic itches and wants. This is far greater than that. It's crippling, it's debilitating, and it's deadly. And the solution was here for me so that I could live again. Thanks, I pass. Thank you, Melanie C. And Susie, it's your turn. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning, everyone. My name is Susie, gratefully recovering in this program. And these past two paragraphs have really been an eye-opener for me. Um, I'm relatively new to vision, and um, this is really like the third time I've read through this um, book, but the first two times just didn't really hit me the way it did this time. Um, I you know, whatever our protestations are not most of us concerned with ourselves, our resentments or our self-pity. And that definitely me, like I, you know, I live in my, so much of my life in my head and, um, you know, I expect other people to know what I want and need. And, um, you know, I expect them to do what I want and to, you know, act the way I want them to act. And, um, so it's just really kind of revealing to me that, um, you know, this is part of the disease. This is, um, you know, it just, it's the way I've lived a lot of my life. Like no matter what I had, it was never enough. Like, um, you know, just to have a roof over my head, food, and, you know, to be living in relative comfort, um, it just never seemed to be enough. I always wanted the next thing, you know, the next step up. Um, so anyway, just grateful to be on this meeting and interested in hearing what everyone else has to share. So thanks, everyone, for your service, and I'll pass. Thank you, Sue C. 
We have time for two or three more shares. Who would like to share, please? Susan A. from Pennsylvania. Lisa B. Sally A. Okay, but Susan A., Lisa B., and Allie A. Let's go with that lineup, please. Okay, Susan A., do you want to start us off? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Okay, thanks for your service, Lynn. Um, when I read this paragraph, I saw that um, it talks about how we look at ex- look to externals in life to make us happy. Um, there's the retired businessman who wants who complains about the nation, the minister who sighs about the sins of the 20th century, the politician who seeks utopia. And then the safe cracker who takes on the victim mentality. And when I find myself in resentment or self-pity, it's because I've been keeping my eyes on my circumstances, not on my higher power. Um, Some of my externals have included, number one is food. If I could find the best restaurant, the most exciting food, I'd be content and happy. The other externals have been alcohol, the perfect boyfriend, the relationship, uh, a relationship with someone who will take care of me, um, the perfect job. And back on page 61, we were reading about resting satisfaction and happiness through developing, uh, being able to manage people well. Um, that kind of action develops my selfish side, not my spiritual side. But it's been through this fellowship and the steps that I've become attracted to people who have serenity and peace. And I, I use the fellowship, this line, and just my relationships face-to-face in the program to, to learn. And... Um, through this learning, I've become more that way myself, more serene, more peaceful. Um, and, and I've done it through relationship with HP. This program has allowed me to knock down the walls that block, that have blocked me in the past. Um, and, uh, and they've been removed so I can have an open and honest relationship with my higher power through the steps, and through the fellowship. I'll pass. Thank you. And we have four minutes left. So Lisa and Sally, that's time for a two-minute share each. Lisa, please go ahead. Yes, good morning. Lisa B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And um, I hear such a message of hope and possibility here. Um, I wanted to share uh, very similar to what the first person before me just shared. It's learning to live undisturbed. You know, that's with sobriety. Being recovered is a life being undisturbed. And it's a life learning um, unconditional living, which I don't always have it. Really, I truly I don't. It's a struggle for me. But I'm learning how to live unconditionally, meaning in any moment I can be okay, regardless of what's going on around me. It's tapping into that inner resource inside of me, that unsuspected inner resource. And it's a path that goes someplace. And it's a way of living and a way to be happy. 
um, I used to think that if my husband were different, I would be happy. That maybe if I got a new husband or a new job, and then one day it occurred to me, this frightening thought, what if he wasn't here and I was still the same and still unhappy? And that was very depressing. So the, the issue is inside of me. It's an internal condition. And learning to live unconditionally is a freeing way of living. And I'm not a victim anymore. With that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. And Sally A., you'll be our last share today. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning. Sally A. here from New Jersey. Thank you, Charles, uh, for giving us uh, some courage to share when we don't think we have anything to say uh, or to contribute and to know that I am a member of this program and I am claiming my seat. And um, I think for me, uh, calling myself self-centered, selfish, it doesn't really serve me in those terms. Um, you know, I didn't, I don't have many memories of childhood that I felt important. Uh, and I really think that it comes from some kind of trauma that um, led me to, to, to take everything personal, I guess. And in those terms, I, I do agree with the self-centeredness and selfishness and the, because I never thought of myself in those terms. Um, it's from a, like an immature child's perspective, really. And this program is helping grow me up. It's helping me mature um, to see things the way they should be seen uh, from an adult perspective and not that hungry little girl um, that just didn't get enough attention or whatever it was. So uh, it's always, it's got to be a gentle path uh, for me through this process because I, I already beat myself up every day as it is, and I don't need to do it even more, but to just remember um, to be gentle with myself um, and to know that I was trying my best to soothe myself with the food, and I don't need that anymore. I have my higher power today and you all to turn to. Thanks for letting me share. Have a great day. And thank you, Sally A., and thank you to everyone who shared and Team Wednesday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for this morning, Wednesday, October 14th, our 7 a.m. meeting, 13528. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed up by the serenity prayer. Will Penny C. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, this is Penny C. I recovered compulsive reader from the Boston area. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. 
May God bless you and keep you until then.